one's actions. This is no longer a climate conference. This is now a global North Greenwash Festival. Welcome to the Lidison at COP26. You heard there a snippet of the many young voices heard at the COP26 venue and also in Glasgow City Centre today on Youth Day. I'm joined by Lara Quinones, who is actually not physically here. She is at the hotel. We're doing it remotely to stick with the kind of hybrid theme of this conference. Hey, Lara. Hey, how are you? Yes, I... <laughs> I am at the hotel. We're actually at the city center. So literally outside of our doors, uh, the big protest was happening. Yes, in George Square, right in the center of right. town. And the march that, that shut down, what, around 20 streets or something? Yeah, it was huge. It was one of the biggest marches I've ever been. <laughs> and uh, it was very interesting to see everybody being so like, Angry, <laughs> angry and demanding action, really. And, and it wasn't, although today's youth day, right? And, and they call for so many youth, young people to come in and, and be in the protest. I saw, uh, grandpas, grandmas. I saw all ages here, even like small kids, like 10 year olds. So it definitely wasn't a youth only protest. It was a, a, a protest for everybody. Well, let's have a quick listen. here because I really care about the world that we're passing on to future generations, what we're doing to the global south now. Climate change clearly is happening, but we're not having anything like the severity that is already happening in so many parts of the world. And I'm scared. Yeah, as you say, young and old, we heard them in that clip there. And uh, the person we heard was an older protester with the unlikely name of Jane Mansfield. <laughs> so not the Jane Mansfield, obviously. Also nice to hear the Scatellites Scar Classic Guns of Navarro. I'm not quite sure what the connection is between Glasgow, but if anyone listening can tell me, then, then please do. It's one of my favorite tracks. So you said the atmosphere was angry on the whole. Yes, and she was holding... Uh, a sign that said "Call Red for Humanity," which, as we know, is is being the most like strong phrase that our Secretary General has said in in a few months after the IPCC report was published. And Greta Thunberg was there. Oh yes, she was, and she was. She had very tough words for world leaders. The leaders are not doing nothing. They are actively creating loopholes and shaping frameworks to benefit themselves and to continue profiting from this destructive system. This is an active choice by the leaders to continue to let the exploitation of people and nature and the destruction of present and future living conditions to take place. The COP has turned into a PR event where leaders are giving beautiful speeches and announcing fancy commitments and targets. While behind the curtains, 
the governments of the global north countries are still refusing to take any drastic climate action. It seems like their main goal is to continue to fight for the status quo. And COP26 has been named the most exclusionary COP ever. This is no longer a climate conference. This is now a Global North Greenwash Festival. Well, as you heard, she was very angry and she just, she's not having it with the conference. Um, and she's not having it with the, what she called empty promises of the world leaders. This is not it for the protests, though, I understand. There'll no, it tomorrow. is not. They're continuing tomorrow. And actually, tomorrow's protest seems to be even bigger because today's was only convocated by, by Fridays for Future, which is Greta's movement. But tomorrow, uh, there are a lot, dozens of organizations that are calling to go into the streets and protest for climate action. The police, the authorities are expecting at least 100,000, could be more than that. Tomorrow is Nature Day, but I'm sure we're going to be uh, covering the protests tomorrow to a certain yes, extent as well. Let's wait and see. but I have to say something, and is that it was a very peaceful protest today, and it was very organized. You can tell that the, the whole city really really gave it to, to the protesters. They're, they were um, kind of escorting them and making sure that everything was organized and, and peaceful. So, good on that. Well, heading back to the other universe, the bubble of the conference itself, youth was the theme here in the Blue Zone and the Green Zone. The main event today was in the Blue Zone, of course, and there were representatives from something called COI. This is the UN Climate Change Conference of Youth. Now, they have an event every year that takes place right before COP26. It's been going for about 16 years now. Uh, we heard from Jan Carell. Guillermo. He's a young man from the Philippines. He runs global affairs for COI-16. He also works for the World Meteorological Organization in Geneva, and he knows firsthand how destructive weather can be. Eight years ago, I survived the world's strongest typhoon. Five years ago, I was just a delegate of COI in, um, in COI-11 in Paris. Right now, I'm standing here in front of you as your COI liaison, and uh, it's my honor to present to you our output and what we have done in the past few, um, few weeks. Last week, the UN Climate Change Conference of Youth met for its 16th session. While in the past, youth were traditionally excluded entirely from global climate negotiations, now under the banner of Yungo, the youth constituency to UNFCCC, this summit represents the voice of youth within the COP process. We thank the President for the historic act of granting us a formal endorsement from the COP President-designate for the first time. We hope that this endorsement will mark the turn towards real and meaningful inclusion going forward in this climate negotiation that will determine our future. COP26 is a crucial moment for future of young generations on this planet. We have seen an increase in the frequency and severity of the climate disasters in the past years, and no doubt that IPCC's recent findings have provided us with sufficient scientific evidence. We should take this opportunity to address the existing gaps and synergize our efforts to rethink, transform, and unify for change. It is time we summon the courage to do the right thing. At COI-16, 
young people played our role working tirelessly for months to provide opportunities for knowledge and capacity building and elevated climate expertise and action for hundreds of global youth. Significantly, the COI-16 team also made an unprecedented effort to collect, synthesize, and present to you the top policy demands representing all global youth in the form of a global youth statement. This statement is not just demands. It is the effort and earnest attempt made by young adults to use their voice as a force for good. Thousands of young people came together in this process to urge the global leaders to accommodate the needs of youth in alignment with scientific guidance. That was Jan Carol Guillermo from COI-16. That is the youth climate conference which takes place before COP. And Lara, at the end, they handed in a global youth statement to world leaders. Correct. Uh, they handed in this global youth statement that has a lot of demands, including adding a paragraph to the final, um, the final declaration at the end of COP26 negotiations that recognizes the importance of bringing youth into the table. And Which is they, a theme we've heard a lot today. Many people here at the UN, other organizations, really trying to make a point that they want young people to be involved in this in a, in a really significant way. That's been the big call today. At, inside the venue of COP26 and outside in the streets, youth want to be more included and, and they want to have an actual say in the negotiations because sometimes what they say is that they they sometimes listen to them, but they don't see that reflected into the policies and the resolutions. So that was a big call. And you've been covering this in your story of the day on COP26, which will be, of course, on the front page of the UN News site, if it isn't already. Was there anything else in there that you picked out from today, Lara? Well, yes, I um, <laughs> I met the T-resilient you know, the T-Resilient is a dinosaur that, that came to the protest all the way from Bolivia. <laughs> I, tell me more. I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, it was a group of youth, youth activists from Bolivia. They're obviously asking for climate action. And they brought this friend, their T-Resilient, which is obviously a T-Rex, right? And um, he said that as, as, as our... And he said, you know, as our... UNDP uh, Frankie the Dino, that he's not ready to be extinct again. Right. So they, they're friends, are they? T. Resilient and Frankie. Frankie, of course, who came to the UN. Yeah. And there's a video of him giving a speech about how extinction's probably a bad thing and the human race should try not to go down that route. Yeah. So it's probably very good friends with T. Resilient. Now, yesterday you met up with some activists in the Blue Zone. Uh, what did they have to say? Yes, I spoke with Chita Seo. He was actually yesterday in a panel, uh, also with ministers and, and other leaders of the COP26. He's also, he was also today at the protests of, of, um, here in the streets. And he asked, obviously, for more action. I want to learn more about the stories of my fellow activists and the stories of the people who have uh, sacrificed their lives just to get here and just to get their platform across. 
but of the of the things that you have experienced, is there anything that you're gonna always remember? You know, this is my first call. <laughs> so uh, earlier, I, I got to sit at, at the presidency dialogue in front of COP26 President Alok Sharma, and I got to deliver a speech. So that, that's something that I would remember. Tell us a little bit about that speech that you gave. Oh, so uh, I actually gave that speech uh, courtesy of Yungo. Uh, the, the official youth constituency of the UNNCCC and we got to talk more about demands. Um, we wanted nature-based solutions and of course we wanted to uh, push other things in the equation as well because it is important to not only include things about environment but also about gender as well and also climate science and investing in the future of the youth. What's the importance of young people in this climate action? Uh, young people will be the ones who will inherit this earth of course, and uh, without the young people who have no idea you know, what ha what is happening with the climate crisis, there there would be no future because uh, it is up to us, uh, the the future generation, to actually uphold the things that uh, are needed in order for us to survive, in order for us to have a sustainable future. And right now, how do you see that future? Is it hopeful or not? Uh, to be completely honest, it's not very hopeful at the moment. Uh, I hope things can work out, but we are really pushing hard. We are really campaigning to see real change. You know, um, we are done with the negotiations. We wanted to see some real action. And of course, uh, one of the goals this year for COP26 is, uh, as COP26 President Alok Sharma said, you know, uh, they, only, they don't only want to uh, uphold the uh, 1.5, they want it to become a real success. And that's what we're aiming to see. Climate activist Chita Sayor Jr., who Lara spoke to yesterday. Now, when COP was postponed last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of young people showed initiative by holding a mock COP. There were 350 young delegates. This all took place online. The average age was 22, and there was a north-south split 50-50. Now, the mock COP organizers were invited here to talk about meaningful youth leadership and asking what exactly that means. Now, of course, getting to Glasgow was not possible for so many people. COVID-19 is, of course, still a problem around the world, but we heard some of their voices all the same. My name is Vanessa Nakate. I am a climate justice activist from Kampala, Uganda. Youth leadership is realizing the power and strength in one's voice and one's actions, and using that power and strength to make this world a better place. No action is too small. Every voice has its own strength. Let us work united to transform this world. Thank you. I'm Nivia Pinazo from Brazil, and meaningful youth leadership in climate, for me, it's when you listen to people and when you apply their ideas for a better world. When you let them be creative and let them be comfortable to give opinions and to change the way your company or organization think, uh, leading us to a youth vision of word and the most sustainable one. And after the event, I caught up with Shreya Casey. She is a mock cop coordinator from Nepal who did make it here, just about, or she had a few problems getting here. She's also a UNICEF youth champion for South Asia. 
and uh, she was one of the panelists. She told me what young people like her are doing to make sure that their voices are heard. Uh, one of the most uh, um, uh, problem, major problem in Nepal is many people are not yet educated about climate change, and that is why we uh, go to the local communities, teach them about climate change, and empower, educate young people about what climate change is and what they can do. So uh, that is what we do mainly, and now we are pressurizing the government to, for the meaningful youth leadership. <laughs> and what does that mean, meaningful youth leadership? Uh, like first is to like to have young people in the decision-making space so that they won't take the decisions for us, first is that. And second one is uh, to identify the barriers that uh, limits us to participate meaningfully. For example, there might be the cases of knowledge, like uh, different things. So. Uh, capacity building programs, trainings can be done and funding it is very much important. Uh, what we can do I think is uh, the, mo the best is uh, to have a youth focal point in the ministry so that he or she will coordinate and uh, coordinate and work together with the young people. <laughs> Engagement or protest? I think those are the two ways that one can go. As you know, there's big protest taking place today in Glasgow. For you, is that an option in Nepal? It's an option. Like we can do protest, but it is a bit unsafe. So, like many of the like we may get caught, we may be in the jail, or we may be thrown away by the water. So it is unsafe. It doesn't work. Also, so engagement, like engaging with the government people, no matter how. Uh, opposite our ideas maybe <laughs> to go to them and try to find a common place to work together I think that is how we work do you think they're listening mm, the case it is a bit different before like we used to organize a lot of consultations we used to invite them in sessions like but there was not, not much positive response but now we have a new focal point and sees women and sees she very much believes in the potential of young people so I think it also depends on leadership but right now they are listening and that is why they are having youth leadership like youth in the delegation team but it should improve like it's not the good and best but it's just starting and it should accelerate in the days to come. And what do you think about the protests taking place today and tomorrow in Glasgow? Protests are a really way of what's say to aware people about why young people are doing things and to show that young people are angry. <laughs> Nepalese activist Shreya KC explaining what youth engagement and leadership mean to her. Now, youth obviously dominated the day, but as usual, there were dozens, if not hundreds, of other events taking place. It's also Ocean Action Day, and a broad set of commitments were laid out today to provide real substantial new funding to defend the quality of the oceans and protect the livelihoods of millions of people who depend on the marine environment. And there were f many expert speakers speaking today, policy makers. This took place this afternoon in the Blue Zone on the theme, a healthy and productive ocean for a resilient, nature-positive and net-zero future. It wrapped up a little earlier with closing comments, quite positive closing comments, I have to say, from Peter Thompson, the UN Special Envoy for the Ocean. And we're all connected. Uh, I think uh, the... COVID uh, experience has told us that little things are as important as big things. Uh, Prochlorococcus, my big hero, some of you have heard me talking about, uh, produces 20% of the oxygen in the biosphere, smallest photosynthetic organism out there in the ocean. We're connected to where we are here. We're connected to the people of the Maldives who are facing this huge crisis of rising sea levels. 
This is a very different COP26 experience for the ocean. Actually, this is a very different COP26. All the old arguments are gone. Now everybody's just focused on the solutions. You know, the, 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 it's, it's, uh, I've talked to Al Gore about this as well. No other COP has been like this. We're all now just focused on how we're going to get ourselves out of this mess. And uh, so that's a very positive thing to feel because there's so many great solutions coming. And uh, you're going to hear more about them at the UN Ocean Conference. That was Peter Thompson, the UN Special Envoy for the Ocean, closing today's big event on Ocean Action Day. And of course, we'll have plenty more about nature and nature-based solutions tomorrow. Now, before we go, Lara, have you heard of the National Youth Theatre? No. Ah, big thing over here in the UK. It has some very illustrious alumni. It's kind of a training ground for some of the big stars of tomorrow. In the past, uh, alumni include Daniel Craig, who hmm. you've heard of perhaps, Idris Elba, Daniel Day-Lewis, Colin Firth, Helen Mirren, Kate Winslet, many, many more. Big names. Big names. So you really should look out for this. They were here today, some of these young performers, and they were performing something called On the Edge, which is it's kind of a double meaning about the anxiety many young people have about the environment and also about coastal communities, which are literally on the edge and are marginalized. And it's about their ability to look outwards, of course, to the sea, to the wind farms that are out there now. And also where many solutions may be found. So let's take a quick listen to On the Edge. Let's imagine this board is the atmosphere, and if there's low pressure on one side, it rises up. There you go, a short snippet of On the Edge from the National Youth Theatre. And to hear the whole thing and to see the whole thing, simply Google On the Edge National Youth Theatre. Uh, that's what I did. and It comes up straight away. So don't forget to subscribe to Laura's newsletter, which she is getting ready to do as soon as I let her go. I'm sure you're anxious to get done, Laura. <laughs> yes, and it's Friday you can night. Also, yeah, God, yeah, Friday night in <laughs> Glasgow, my God. And also her main story about the protests, about all of the youth activity, which is on the UN News homepage. And subscribe to The Lid Is On, this podcast, which you can hear, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow, despite the activities of a Friday night, which we can't miss in Glasgow, for Nature Day. Lara, thank you very much. No, thank you. I missed you today. Oh, I know, it's sad, wasn't it? We've, yeah. What is this virtual <laughs> nonsense? Get back here tomorrow. See ya. <laughs> Bye.